Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any comments about losing one of the greatest comedic talents of the last century are hard to say, but we send you off with... Good day, sir! Etc. 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 You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You get nothing. I I said to Karen earlier, uh, not because I'm crass or insensitive. Oh Jesus! I just thought he had been dead a while. Oh I thought God. he was dead. Stop it. Honestly, I thought he had died a while ago. We rarely break news here, especially when we're recording on Monday and the show airs <laughs> Thursday. But Gene Wilder <laughs> has passed away. Certainly one of the greatest comedy actors of all time. I will say. What was your first Gene Wilder movie that you saw? Haunted Honeymoon. I went to see Gilda Radner. Oh. So I got to meet him You were correct, accident. as that bell would indicate. Thank yeah. you very much. That was well Gilda Green. All right. Thank you. Uh, oh, that's, of course, Karen and Bart. And we have uh, Ryan McKee and Ron Babcock with us. Yay! Willy Wonka. Hello. Willy Wonka? I yeah. think same here, probably. Willy Wonka for me as well. Stir crazy. Holy Before Willie jump right to the rated nice. R comedy. My mom and dad took my sister and I to Stir Crazy. Wow! Hey, you have good parents. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my introduction to Gene Wilder. My mom still won't let me watch Stir Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Might have seen Silver Streak. I mean, that was an HBO oh, movie. If yeah. ever there was an HBO movie, they just aired the crap out of that on yeah. HBO. Might have seen that before Wonka. Yeah, it was the Tuskegee Airmen of the eighties. Yes. But a bit con. When you hear this. It's nothing but pure joy, right? If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it. Want to change the world? There's nothing over. I heard a story one time that he said one of the things, I can't remember who he was, what director he was talking about, but they the thing that he took most from this one director is that the director said, as soon as I say action, you don't have to start right away. <laughs> and Gene Wilder was like, oh. And I think that's fantastic. He was given the freedom to hear action. It's not a starting gun. Yeah, because yeah. he would come right out of the gate and just start <laughs> acting. Yeah. And the director's like, it's just a suggestion. Yeah. It means we're going to start. We're ready. At this at point, this we're point. ready anytime after that. And then I think when you watch Gene Wilder, you don't get the sense <laughs> that he's... In a hurry. No. And I think you took that to heart. Oh, it's, there's a clip going around Ithmar uh, Enriquez. Yeah, he's, did you see that clip he yeah. put up, a friend of the show? He put uh, a clip up of Wilder's reaction to being told that one of his patients has sex with sheep. And everything you want to know about sex was afraid to ask by mm-hmm. Woody Allen. It, it's a 25-second silent reaction. Yes! And it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'd play it here, but there's nothing <laughs> to play. Wait, this is, this is him taking his time. What did you expect? Welcome, Sonny. Make yourself at home. Marry my daughter. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land. The common clay of the New West. You know. Morons. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant! Cleavon Little cracks up there. It's got to be real, right? There's a certain sincerity that he has that's really uh, believable and endearing. And it's also one thing to listen to it, but when you see his eyes and he's doing that, oh my God, he's got the most amazing eyes. It's weird to think he was so beloved in his town, you know, as Wonka when he used all that illegal immigrants. 
Oh, that's for his true. workforce. So I'm just saying <laughs> oh, that's just, yeah. just interesting. That's yeah, all I'm saying. I feel like this should be the podcast of long pauses. I think they're called little so people. We're not, like in a hurry yeah. <laughs> to honor him. Just long awkward pauses with this podcast. Oh, Bart can do that. Ron, they're not illegal immigrants. They're called little people. Okay, well, you know. Now, what are you talking about, though? The Oopaloopas. Uh, the they're illegals. <laughs> they're clearly I, not documented. Yeah. He just, they all no, that, just that, showed up. No, they're the not allowed to leave the makeup. factory. Well, wait, you think, who do you think they are, Bart? <laughs> I just, you think now, I'm other just saying, children? I think Trump's walls, I just think we should talk about it. That's what I'm saying. We don't even need to build that big of a wall. They're really no, short. They're short. Wasn't that all shot in Great Britain anyway, in London? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, here's my favorite clip from, uh, from Wilder. Set a give! That's it. Set a give! I mean, how funny is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. Don't ask us about our business, Kay. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, with thousands of delighted travelers flying overhead. Now, every week we bring you a brand new show, absolutely. Now, Paul, I'm not saying that I have money, no. and I'm also not saying that I don't have money. I'm just saying that one of those things might be true about this show today for me. It doesn't matter if you have money or not, because oh. the show is free. Oh, okay. Well, there then, then I don't have money. Uh, <laughs> and we encourage you to follow us on social media at the Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, which is also free. Wow. Everything's free, so what? you're welcome. That's sad. And please get interactive, get online and yell at us. Basically, just search the Movie Guys on Yahoo, Google, and... Bing. And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show on the airwaves here with, uh, my name is Paul Preston, with Karen Volpe. It's always a sad, pale ones. And uh, Bart Caius. Stop. Police. Murder. Very nice. <laughs> and Adam Wood will be along eventually. Uh, but joining us also the whole show, we have a full house here. The comedians who make up the comedy duo Modest Proposal, mm. dormant for eight years. Wow. Oh. More or less. Not More or less. <laughs> Coming back together, they've resurfaced at the Bird City Comedy Festival in April. Now will be featured in the upcoming Big Pine Comedy Festival in Flagstaff, Arizona, September 22nd through 24th. Ron Babcock and Ryan McKee. That is some hibernation. So, yeah, yeah like a bunch of new stuff, I'm guessing. No. No. <laughs> we were uh, out. Yeah, Mostly we were trotting out the oldies, the, the classics. <laughs> just the, the classic. Evergreens, guys. Uh, Got right. some hilarious takes on George W. Bush. Yes, <laughs> that Dolly Parton, she's got it coming. <laughs> Taking them all down a peg. <laughs> yeah. But you just got back from a tour, right? Ron? Yeah, also, just got back uh, in town. The, the uh, Wait, if I have it here, if I have it correctly. The Ron Babcock's Laugh Into My Mouth Summer 2016 tour. Yeah, it's a kind of title that's a little creepy. It is. Uh, not sure why. It is. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I just recorded my first album in Austin for Sure Thing Records, and I was like, "Yeah, I better." I don't usually get to run an hour in Los Angeles, so I was like, "I better go do a tour to get down a fighting weight." <laughs> so uh, yeah, I did a. I set up a, a tour, drove coast to coast for a month, and I recorded the album. Went well. Good. Was happy. No, Ryan was there. I was ah, there. You know, he almost did too good of a job opening. Where I was like, "Hey, buddy, why don't you?" Uh, Save this some is like for me. The best setup I've ever seen you have. Can you tone it down a little bit? <laughs> it really might have been. I it really was know. like I was like, this is insane. Lit the piano on fire. Right. Yeah, it, it, he really. Know. He was. He was like at one point. He's like, all right, I want to do two more things. And I was like, you gotta be <laughs> kidding me, man. You're gonna run the light. And then it, and then he only did one more thing, and he was fine. Uh, but it really was a, a really fun show. That's so awesome. I'm glad that's the one that was recorded in 19 cities overall, though, right? Yeah, it's like 19 cities. It was. 
<sighs> it was too long, man. I find that if I'm on the if I'm on the road for more than three weeks, the 21 days is exactly when I'm like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> like I don't want to do this anymore. And then my air conditioning broke outside of Atlanta. Ooh. And I don't know if you know this, but Atlanta's on the other side of the country than Los Angeles, and it was the summer. So, so Ron, uh, do you book this yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Like. People, how, do, how does that work? Um, I don't know, like 5,000 Facebook messages, basically. Well, no, how do you get the venues? I mean, do you have a manager? Because this, this is a legitimate road tour. I uh, I mean, I have a... No, I don't have a manager. I don't have a booking agent. You just kind of like... You know, it's comedy's a small group. Everybody knows someone in another city, so you just hit up that person. You're like, hey, what's the big show? Who's the dude who puts... There's always a dude who puts on shows where they want traveling comics to come through. And you shoot them a message, like, let's do a show, and then... They see your stuff and they like it. They get back to you, and you know, you, there's some theater you just charge five dollars at. You pull anywhere between like twenty and fifty people, and, and then you just piece this all together into a and kind you of a slowly kind of piece piece it all together. I mean, you put, you try and usually have your places where you. Oh, I could definitely set something up in Phoenix. Yeah, I could definitely set something up in Atlanta. In Austin, okay. Well, what's in between those places? I was gonna say not the best planning run. I got and then, Phoenix and Atlanta. All and right, then you, let's go. I, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you find yourself on a Monday at a place called the No Dogs Allowed Saloon in Amarillo, Texas, <laughs> performing for sixty people, fifty-six of which are very interested in the show, and four people who were the drunkest people oh. you've ever seen in your life. Were, and, there, were there any dogs in there? No, no dogs. All good-looking people. No, yeah. Now, do you get a little cachet because you're coming from LA? Um, there are people, but I think they're just impressed a that I made it out of my hometown, and b that I can consistently afford the rent of Los Angeles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To them, they're, so they're like, so how much is your rent? And I'm like, well, it's like nine hundred, and they're like, that's crazy. <laughs> they do lead with that, don't they? Like, you can own a you can own a block here. For that. You should lead with that as a credit when they're bringing yeah. you on stage. He, he pays, pays nine hundred dollars a month plus utilities. And then that's like, they're just impressed by that. So I feel like, well, we better listen to him for at least 10 minutes. You know, the mansion in Karen's hometown is about a sixth of the place I live in in Burbank. Wow. I If I paid what I pay in L.A. back home in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, they probably just would let me be mayor. Yeah. <laughs> for at least a weekend. No, it's totally true because Paul and I were talking about how we have no retirement fund and how we have we barely get by and we're like, we work our butts off. And then I realized... No one else can afford to live here. <laughs> we spend all of our money, good money, comes uh, in, and it goes right back out. Do you know what? Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I slept over this uh, guy's house, and I was like, "Hey, uh, do you mind me asking, like, what you pay for rent?" He's like, "Well, we're the most expensive in this neighborhood." I was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Well," he's like, "It's a three-bedroom house. Uh -huh. We pay eight hundred a month." Uh -huh. Uh, and I'm like, for the whole thing? <laughs> and That's his what one roommate pays Garage here. and a yard. <laughs> and Birmingham was actually surprised. It was either Birmingham or Huntsville. I think it was Huntsville. Huntsville was actually surprisingly kind of cool. Like, I was like, but I was so impressed. A three bedroom house. Yeah. Oh, and right. I'm like, my studio was 1175 <laughs> in Hollywood. They're like, yeah, but you get to live in Hollywood. I'm like, it is not impressive. <laughs> Every time you come to Hollywood, you're like, this, this is it? And it's actually way better than it used to be. And yeah, it's right? still it kind of crappy. <laughs> Ron and I, before we moved to LA, we lived together in Phoenix. And it was just the two of us. When we were what, 23, 24? Yeah, 24. And we had a three bedroom condo, and with the extra bedroom, we just <laughs> did nothing with it. Yeah. It was just space. Yeah. That, that sounds insane. Didn't we to like think turn that it. into like a reading room or like. <laughs> 
Remember we had that we, yeah. we we had the extra bedroom. Then we had like a bookcase room that we refer to as our study. And then we had the Arizona room, which was just a. It was, we had so many rooms where we had no we things. So that it would used just to be, be our flip cup room. We yeah. would play, we would just play drinking games in our extra room. Our place was so big, we actually had abandoned rooms in our place because we didn't have enough things to fill it. Yeah, that's awesome. And we had a grapefruit and a lemon tree. <laughs> so you got the yeah. agricultural do subsidies. Ca- do you remember Cal next door? It would a crazy, crazy oh, neighborhood God, Cal. Cal that would come and eat all of our fruit trees. Oh he, the one day I came home, there was Did a you find girl him in the tree eating it? Because I would love him to be in the tree, no, not bark. not standing on the no, ground picking he, it he in the tree. He wouldn't hide it from us. He'd come over and be like, look at all this fruit I just took from you guys. We're like, oh. <laughs> the one day he was out in the middle, this girl was visiting me from back east, and he can't, she's like, um, your neighbor is has an axe, and he's chopping down your lemon tree? Oh and God. I looked back, and there was, he was just there throwing axes at the lemon tree and I was like let's go out front we, <laughs> she's like it's shorter to go out the back I'm like we'll walk around it's okay and then we never said anything to him he was always on always on some kind of speed he was such oh, a yeah he loves remember speed. we used to throw stuff away and then the one time we went into his apartment for months we would get rid of things from our house you know and then the one time we went into his apartment all we found was every single thing <laughs> That we, that we had gotten rid of, like oh. desks and old bookcases that were falling apart, and they were all in his apartment. And he's like, "You find good stuff in the trash in this neighborhood." All he, all he needs is your skin, and he'd be living your life. He was insane. He used to have arguments with his cat. Well, you like you could hear cat. him yelling at his cat, and like having not like physical. They weren't physical arguments. I don't mean to make this weird. Verbal. Uh, verbal. Yeah, he was just he was just having discussions with his cat, and his cat was a real bitch apparently because yeah. they did not get along well. Yeah. <laughs> Ron and Ryan hear the whole show, everybody. Whole show. Ryan is a, a writer for uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden in the in the digital and website side of uh, their presence. Yeah. Yes, I'm the uh, digital writer producer for the show. So cool. I write everything on the website. I produce the web exclusive videos with the guests backstage. I uh, yeah. Yeah, have you heard of the internet? Wow, that's yes. where his stuff is. I help. I help pick the he videos the that go on. Uh, yeah, go online from the show. So yeah, it's fun. It's a fun gig. That's no small feat. That's a that's a huge part of the James Corden show, isn't it? The the web stuff. It is a huge part. Yeah. We call it the James Corden experience. We we prefer. Uh, but yes, that is a huge part of it. And also, I think that there's a tendency. You're going to have to be very particular about the tone of voice and keeping his um, persona available in your writing. Yeah. How do you make yeah. the accent you, come through? <laughs> exactly very what difficult. I meant, Bart. Very, yes. Hard, exactly. Hard to write in the accent. Yeah. <laughs> That was Adam, everybody. Adam has joined us. Hello. Uh, You may have caught me if you're watching the YouTube channel in a jump cut, but luckily I dressed very subtly so no one could tell I was just hiding out in the corner. Yeah, there really is. We just put up the bat symbol and he showed up. It was perfect. But going back to the... Why is he late? Oh, because we haven't put the bat symbol up yet. (laughs) Going back to what you do, though, you have to... um, Like, do you take that into consideration, the fact that there's a certain brand that you have to continue to to put out there? Because, like, if you started writing, like, lots of stuff that was not in the voice of the show it would be very uh, it would be different yeah yeah no we definitely do we're out. not a lot yeah he doesn't like to you know do like a lot of political yeah, humor exactly. yeah. or ed, you know, he doesn't like to get any kind of mean humor mm-hmm. or stuff like that so for yeah, sure like, like the stuff we write some... online has has to okay. match his voice and it's mostly goofy 
which is fine because that's mostly my humor too. I don't like to, to go mean and and uh, I don't know anything about politics. So yeah, it's like perfect. if you started doing Better some off. Hillary bashing or something, he might be like, "Hey, calm down with that." Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, for sure, he doesn't uh, he doesn't like that stuff. So we oh. yeah, how it has to match it. And I, and I did see the ducky dance. Like he does a lot more like sixteen candles humor and like uh, pop references. And I think it was like a Footloose thing too. He's yeah. recreated all these movie scenes. Yeah, he does. He so he recreated the ducky dance. Uh, he bring yeah. He, they did like a, a dirty. He sang uh, what's the dirty dancing well, right. song with that's Adina right. Menzel? Oh, it's not time of my life. Yeah, time of my life. He's he like did a duet with Adina Menzel. So he does bring back a lot of pop culture stuff. And it's Adele like Dazeem. Yeah, exactly. So he, yeah, he, uh, he likes. He's more in the Fallon range as far as like silly pop humor. What we were talking about before is like late night is now this viral video battle. Everyone trying to get their things to go out even beyond the cable to reach everyone. And isn't Corden killing it in late night? Like the the viral video realm. Yeah, tell him, honey. Tell him. (laughs) Tell him the good job you're doing. I'm so proud of you. James Corden is doing very well. Now, Ryan, not going to tell, but I'll tell you, it's doing very well. Very well. We do have the top three three. viral videos for late night now. That's the first top three are on the show that he works on. Yeah. I love the, I love the mom in charge of PR. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm uh, in my PR, so put my that, press agent. Put mom. that in your mouth, Fallon, and suck on that for a while. That's right. We have a De- the Del Carpool karaoke, uh, the Justin Bieber well, Carpool karaoke, and yeah. One Direction. Those are the top three. Yeah, the Carpool karaoke are the ones that just went insane, and then everything Chili else. Chili peppers. Makes my life a lot easier. Like I had nothing to do with the oh, carpool perfect. karaoke. Yes, you did. But everybody is like, <laughs> "Yes, you do. You're part of the show. <laughs> you have lots like, to do." Congratulations! It. <laughs> it blew up. You have the top clip. I'm like, "Yeah, I posted it." Yes, you I did. did. <laughs> he 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 dragged the file, <laughs> and then he instead of putting private, he put it. He listed it as public, which is yeah, uh, important. It was very hard. And I then had he to clicked write... upload. No, he, I didn't it, just do that. I had to write carpool karaoke Adele. He had, a, and then he had he had to tag it with things like carpool. And karaoke and, and James Corden. And I mean, I'm tired. Like, just listening to that. Tell, tell him about the RSS, dear. Tell him about the RSS. Uh, tell, tell Don't even get into the RSS. We, we, we'll be here all night. Look, I'm not the only one that is actually impressed with what Ron just said because I have no idea how any of that works. I have no idea how the internet works. How, is that how stuff gets on there? Totally. All right. Ryan's like my life link to young people. And like, I feel like he is in the know on people like. Like I, I read something today and somebody thought Ariana Grande was a font. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. I was like, it, it sounds like a font. And I kind of know who font. she is. Yeah. She's and the I one that wears Grande. cat ears. Yeah, is Ariana it, Grande. Is it Ariana Grande? Grande? Yeah. yeah. So that means she's We're a coffee drink. Oh, okay. Not a, not, a, not a font, but a yeah. coffee drink. Okay. What size Ariana would you like? <laughs> All right, look, we have a full house, as you can tell. So let's get to the damn movies. We have... Uh, Spoiler-free movie previews. We're bringing these every week, so if you stumble across our show, you flip on the internet, right? You flip, and then there we are, right? Um, We've seen the trailers just like you, so we haven't seen the films, and uh, we're going to hash them around a little bit, and if time remaining, spin some comedy gold. And this week, just in time for Labor Day, we see the release of two films about babies, the not-exactly-movie-escapism-for-parents release of the teen-gone-mad sci-fi flick Morgan and the light between Oscars. I'm sorry, between Oceans. (laughs) She's a lovely baby, but you can't keep her. She needs us. We're not doing anything wrong. I know that you're going to be a wonderful father. 
Dear Lord, Paul, this movie sounds as boring as a book. Well, as coincidence would have it, it is based on a book. <laughs> Therefore, it's a movie. There you go. Plus, we'll do a little What Did You See This Week, perhaps. We have time for it. Plus, a check-in with Adam's parents, Yay! who are in studio. Yay! We have a studio Yay! audience. Adam's parents Yay! are here. Um, but uh, first up, we'll talk about the movie Morgan. Who? Morgan. <laughs> this must be that biopic about Morgan Freeman. I hadn't heard anything about that, though. Ever since I was a little boy, people have enjoyed the sound of my voice. Uh, no. No? This movie is called Morgan, and it's about a genetically engineered girl. Oh, so it's an entirely different movie called Morgan that I haven't heard anything about? Well, it's September. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it anyway. Here we go! All right, let me see. I'm going to look at the movie poster for Morgan. And, uh, okay, pale, doesn't say much. A gray hoodie. Could it be an Eight Mile sequel? Hmm. You know, Morgan does look uh, rather androgynous. Then they give him an androgynous name and bring in not overly feminine Kate Mara to deal with her. Karen, you're taking me down a wormhole Uh here. Let's stop. Let's uh, let's, uh, talk about what the movie's really about. Go ahead. Okay. The summer of Ike continues to a rousing close with Morgan, the feature film based on Ike Barinholtz, beloved goofball nurse Morgan from The Mindy Project. I got a bad back, back hair, back knee, other stuff with my back. My front is a mess. See, I gave everyone back rubs in prison. My friend Chucho loved it. Murdered his whole family. Who's in that house? Are you gay? Are you attracted to me? Why not? I got this. Morgan okay. is the story of a preteen girl experimented upon by science and given the power of a hundred preteen girls. What could possibly go right? And you thought you were pissed about genetically modified bananas. Morgan's power is so great that if this Twinkie were to represent the normal amount of self-entitlement in a teen, then according to Morgan, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long weighing approximately 600 pounds. That's a big Twinkie. Now, for reasons that aren't fully explained in the trailer, they, and by they I'm guessing the government, have genetically engineered a girl that ends up going haywire and attacking people. Now, here's how we found out Morgan's sex. If we hear, do I look fat in this hoodie, then we know it's a woman. I'm pretty sure Morgan is a girl, but they have failed to give her a perky rack. Anything bigger than a handful, you're risking a sprain tone, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah. See, now John Hughes, he knew how to genetically engineer a girl. You never saw Kelly the Brock short-circuiting and going off and attacking people. (laughs) Well, no, not in the movies, but I'm going to go back to the gray hoodie. There's your first mistake. You should have dressed her in a pink jogging suit with some obnoxious brand name on her butt. Then we'd understand why why she was rebelling. Turns out it's not the government, but rather a large biopharma geo-sci-fi corporation that is behind the creation of Morgan. A family of tiny castaways. Stop, stop, stop. stop. (laughs) This is their third attempt at cloning a human being, and they finally got the hang of it. Give my creation life! Unfortunately, this genetically engineered human clone starts to display some disturbing behavior, much like Michael Keaton's character in Multiplicity. But instead of giving the kids peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches for lunch, Morgan gets violent. And when Morgan... I'm the guy who can get it for you. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Tries to gouge out the eye of one of the scientists. Scientists? Is that a word? It is now. <laughs> it's spelled like scientists. Anyway, at the lab where she was created, the company's first move is to bring in Paul Giamatti to do what he does best. Yell at her! Answer me! What would you do?! Not surprisingly, that doesn't go so well, just like it never does. Seriously? Seriously? You have got to learn to wait your goddamn turn! Jesus Christ! Shut up, shut up, shut up! 
Jesus Christ, man, what the hell is wrong with you? Please, just shut up! Things always go well for your company when pig vomit starts yelling. (laughs) After all the darkness we've seen in Lights Out and Don't Breathe, Morgan is the latest film whose trailer cries out for a GoFundMe campaign to pay the electric bill. The darkness didn't have this much darkness in it. So next up is risk management consultant Lee Weathers, played by the aforementioned Kate Mara, who the company has sent in to decide whether or not to terminate the humanoid known as Morgan. I'm starting my own franchise ba- baseball team, and we're, I'm building a stadium right behind Cabrini Green. Okay. Okay, should we or should we not kill the genetically engineered humanoid being that has superhuman strength and who is now demonstrating very high levels of uncontrollable anger and aggression? Gee, let me think. <laughs> it turns out it takes a lab full of men working around the clock in an underground laboratory to not figure out what makes a woman tick. When genetic engineering experts keep a girl stuck in a room, it's called science. But when a white trash does it to Brie Larson, it's illegal. For any scientists out there trying to engineer humans into killing machines, take it from us. Don't do that. <laughs> there you go. That's a tip for you. It never goes well. It's in a ton of movies. States. Young Frankenstein. What was the one with a- Eric Bana? Had the little girl out in the woods in the snow? Oh, Hannah. 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 Hannah was tight. That was a good movie. Uh, was. Morgan looks like uh, like Chucky from Millennials. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Can't just have a doll. It's got to be some genetically engineered uh, rigmarole. When I didn't, I didn't know there was any confusion about the sex of Morgan. I thought it was always a girl. Yeah. Or, or, or is it just we were confused? I don't know. Morgan. Oh. Uh, I was immediately attracted to her. So. Oh. <laughs> Must be a dude. Zing, bing, no. bing, 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 Set you up for that. <laughs> hey, wasn't this the plot? And no, I didn't watch all of Stranger Things, but didn't uh, another girl uh, wander out of some lab and uh, it was uh, genetically modified uh, to be I, I uh, extra Stranger cute things. and endearing? Exactly. Oh no my spoilers. God, it's just such a dude's wet dream. I'm making women in a thing. And yep, no big perky rack. Yeah. But then it always weird. goes How horribly do you wrong. That woman? That's weird. We would know if, uh, you know. Th- there's, I think Adam did it because this yeah. is a character that Adam would date. Yes. <laughs> Therefore, it's a girl. But with no perky rack, well, she's... Exactly. And yeah, she's couldn't you like uh, genetically engineer some tits on that broad, right? <laughs> <laughs> How hard is that? Yeah. Too much to ask. This is I didn't, Ron's I didn't new wanna... character. <laughs> Misogynistic future scientist? Yes. <laughs> but it actually looks like... Come on, bro! A... We're gonna have some fun! Let's have some fun! Let's weird science this <laughs> 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 uh, But it doesn't look, like a whole, doesn't look like a whole lot happens in this movie. It's mostly just pondering and wondering, should we kill this person that might it... be a person or not yeah. have a person? It reminded me of Ex Machina when I watched the preview. I was like, oh, is this just Ex Machina 2? Like, looking at this thing in a, oh. behind glass and wondering if it's okay if, to let off into the wood? It's true. You know, for as much as we all love Ridley Scott's movies, there's always an unexpected amount of pondering. You never predict that much pondering is going to happen, but it's always full of pondering. Any Ridley Scott movie, think about it. That's true. That's Ponder true. that. Yeah. <laughs> Ponder That's that. Mostly Ponder Prometheus. You know, I think oh. that this movie is every parent's, what they go through, because whenever the parents have a kid, they hope they're going to be adorable and they love them for a while, then they become teenagers and horrible and they want to kill them, but they can't. Here, <laughs> they can actually destroy the thing, right? It's the same difference. Because a risk consultant can t- tell them whether or not they should destroy it. Yeah, and it's not really their kid, so really they can their, just kill it. Not their fault. Right? Yeah. So would you have guilt? 
would I? No, I don't have kids. I killed them before it even happened. It'd be nice to have somebody come into your home and and predict that your teenager is going to disappoint you later on in life. You might as well just, you know, he's he's not even going to graduate college, so you might as well just go ahead and off him now. Yeah, a parenthood risk assessment guy comes over and goes, look, here's what's going to happen when she's 13. All right, you know what? Nope, never mind. This one's pregnant before high school. That one's going to get arrested. You know what? Why don't you just start all over? Oh, I think we summed up that movie. <laughs> Still go if you want, but that's kind of what happens. I didn't even know this movie was coming out. You know, we had a discussion about what movies we were going to do this week, yeah. and I had mentioned that our next movie is the one that I was aware of, and then you sent this one. I had not even. I do not you seen like genetically modified corn? Well, then wait till you see what we do with humans. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that tells you that they could make her titties much bigger. There you go. Mm-hmm. Just like they do That's the ears true. of corn and the cows. That's right. Yeah, tomatoes aren't supposed to be the size yeah, of your head. They should be. Yeah. I love these tomatoes. They're the size of a handful. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the tomatoes on that genetic, genetically engineered girl. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. As soon as you make a genetically engineered girl, no big tomatoes. I mean, it's weird. It's all backwards. I don't know. I don't trust any of it. <laughs> so Bart, you claim to have heard of this next movie. I had never yes. did yeah. until I saw a poster. Tons like of previews. I, really? I must be watching whatever channel they're advertising. It Hallmark channel. All right, yeah. it's called The Light Between Oceans, Lifetime and it's from the channel. director that brought you The yeah. Place Beyond the Pines, who names his movies after Bob Ross paintings. I'm still using the same color that the sky was. Just drop in a little cloud. Just sort of let it float around and have fun. Clouds are one of the freest things in nature. All right, but if you've heard of it, Bart, then let's talk about it. Here we go. Maybe, baby, I'll have you. Maybe, baby, you'll be true. Finally, the title of your seventh grade poetry competition entry makes it to the big screen. And here is a clip. Dearest Isabel, I can't stop thinking about the time I spent with you. Dearest Tom. When I first saw you, I felt like I knew you, and I couldn't stop seeing my life with you. Brought to you by the makers of Unisom and Night All, the light between oceans when you simply have to get to sleep fast. <laughs> Baby Overboard is actually That's about... actually called the light between oceans. Yeah, yes, I know, but even just the title makes me a little... <laughs> okay, Bart, wake up. I'm sorry, where, where was I? Where was I? We were previewing the light between oceans. Ah, uh, yes. The light between... <sighs> Stop that. Okay, Bart, dig deep inside. You can do this. Okay, you're right. You're right. I got through Richard Gere and Jodie Foster and Summersby. I can get through this. <laughs> Michael Fassbender's career takes its lone lighthouse keeper phase as he plays Tom Shearborn, <laughs> a veteran suffering from a heavy case of the heebie-jeebies. They didn't have PTSD back then. After fighting in the trenches of World War I. Now, following classic medical advice of the era to bundle this pain up inside and not discuss it with anyone, he attended technical college in the art of watching light bulbs. Everything is going just swell for old Tom until one day he visits the mainland of, you know, wherever he is. Wherever he is? Yes, that, that's really as much as I can do here, Paul. And quite frankly, you should be impressed that I knew that it was Michael Fassbender that was in this movie. You know, I am impressed that with that because I'm pretty sure you think Michael Fassbender is Rafe Fiennes. He's not? All right, let me do this, all right? Uh, the country is Australia. Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> that's not a knife. I'm Cockney. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Right. Uh, Tom meets the daughter of the school's headmaster, a fetching young lass named Isabel Graysmark, played by Alicia Vikander. After managing to find love in a town with a population of six, Tom and Isabel lose their child when they fail to heed their doctor's warning to not have a kid in the 1930s. (laughs) So it's raising Arizona for the tragic set. 
The gods not only laugh, but point and laugh at Isabel's mothering skills when a child washes up on the beach that managed to stay alive alone at sea in a boat. Ha! The RMS symbolism, I believe. And they named her Laura Decker. <laughs> remember that girl that went around yeah, the, you know, the world alone on a boat? And I remember when they were getting ready to do that, the thing people were most concerned about wasn't a woman alone on a boat and not being able to handle that, but somebody just raping her and killing her. Out in the high seas? Out in the high seas. Yeah, pirates. Yeah, they were more concerned about that. Hey. Some horny sharks. Oh my God. Isabel thinks her prayers have been answered, but Tom has reservations. Ooh. Probably because he knows that it's not normal for babies to wash up on shore. Uh. And because there was the body of a dead man in the boat with the baby. Now, did the baby kill the man because he had it coming? <laughs> yes. Well, that seems to be the theory Isabel's working on because she decides to keep the baby and raise it on a raising raise it on her own. And a few years later, they meet a woman who lost a baby daughter at sea who would have been the same age as the child. Man, what are the odds? It's a movie, isn't it? Now, try as they might, Tom and Isabel just can't shake the notion that the baby they found is indeed the same baby. So, what do they do? Do they just give the baby back to the rightful mother? Yes. Maybe, but not after at least 40 minutes of agonizing contemplation, arguments, and long walks on the beach. Okay, Bart, hey, stay with us. All right, that's it. Honestly, I could not remember the name of this movie every time I referred to it. How wonderful is it that it has this pretentious a name? Like, what was that Brad Pitt movie that I'm obsessed with, but I haven't seen yet? By the Sea. By the Sea. Oh, good God. I can't Same wait thing. to see this that. This actually happened to me, because one time I gave a t-shirt away to Goodwill by accident, and then I saw my friend wearing that t-shirt. And I knew he shopped at the Goodwill that I gave that t-shirt to. And so, like, this movie really hit home for me. <laughs> you know you know what's good here? If you heard uh, earlier, they, they, they do a lot of the uh, letter writing. Dearest oh. Isabel. Ron, do you want to write a letter to that guy and yeah. tell him your thoughts on all sure. this? Dear Isabella, I'm writing this at sunset because that's when this entire movie takes place. <laughs> There's always sunlight going into your eyes when you watch it. Hey, how'd that kid on the ocean turn out? <laughs> Do you find literally anything else? Also, I love how our life is just walking on the beach and never having to worry about paying rent or anything. It's just all butterfly kisses until this kid shows up. And then that's when I realized, I guess I married a crazy bitch. <laughs> she wants to keep the kid. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. But then as the, as the husband to be like, hey, boo, um, so that's not our kid. And her to be like, it's our kid. I, I really don't see where the drama comes in after that. I mean, it's she's wrong. I feel like they should blend Morgan in this movie. And the kid yes. should be a supernatural oh baby. God. And that's how it stayed alive. Yeah. Of be course so that's how it stayed alive. You cracked the code. That's fantastic. Exactly. It's a genetically modified baby. And she's not going to want to give it up, and the thing's going to kill her. This is a Blumhouse production. I just realized. The internet conspiracies are going to be rampant now that these are connected movies. These movies are like, it, it's actually just like um, uh, the one with Eddie Raymond where the, the he plays the guy Hawking. Girl. Oh, the theory oh. of everything. The theory of everything. I feel like it's the same movie where they're so <laughs> unbelievably saccharine. There's just a golden hue yeah. to the entire film. And they're always like, first of all, in the theory of everything, it 
I've never seen so many sunny days <laughs> in England before. It's just every single sunny day. And it's the same thing with this in the trailer. Everything is that light gold, that hat, like that golden hour. They shot the entire movie during that time. And you're like, meh. It took eight years to shoot this because they could only shoot at sunset for like a half an hour every day. It's just like, no, there's no part of that trailer that made me want to watch that movie. <laughs> and yet it's so Oscar-y, it's kind of awesome because oh, it's man. like, here we it go. It is dripping in Oscar. <laughs> All right, I noticed that it's missing a couple of the essentials, though. There's no Jews, slaves, or gu- gumps in it. Uh, so, no gumps. That's no yeah. gumps. So no you roll your Oscar dice. You get, you know, sometimes you just get the uh, very realistic portrayal of uh, being barren on a on a shore uh, <laughs> shortly after World War One. <laughs> Maybe they are Jewish. We don't know that. Oh, that could be discovered later. Mm-hmm. Plot point. Maybe the baby's Jewish. That's oh, probably that's, it. And then they're like, that's yeah, the we don't want it. internal debate. <laughs> <laughs> you can have your baby back. We didn't know it was Jewish. <laughs> she, and then she doesn't want it either. Right. Hey, that's okay. I'm sure it's your kid. Could I see its penis? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Sequel. It could grow up and be all for its gumpy, and then they're like, oh, never mind. We don't want that either. There's a... Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's not a far... If you take the plot and shrink it down to Baby on a Boat, and Karen said, well, that could be a Kevin Hart movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> Just as easily as this. Oh, yeah. Baby on a Boat. Baby on a Boat. I found a baby on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> He's you a little, little tiny captain <laughs> with the brain of a human. It's a Wayans, it's it's a, it's a Wayans Brothers movie. Is it just <laughs> Kevin Hart as a tiny baby? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, time to feed. And then he's just like looking at his mom's boob. Yeah. We, we should start a segment called Right Turn. And you take this entire trailer and then just go there in the last second. Like, that's, it turns out this is where it's going. <laughs> and we talked, and the whole thing just be worked out with a conversation, right? Oh, yeah. Like you sit Rachel Vice down and you talk it out. And you say, hey, I found this baby. I kept it alive for you. If you're the mother, you can definitely have it. And she'd be like, oh, thank you for not letting the baby die. And then you're done. So the right? problem is Alicia Vikander's character then. Because Rachel Weisz in this baby. trailer doesn't seem like a huge problem. No. She's just sad. Like, my baby's gone. Yeah, I think she'd be super psyched to find out the other lady's like, look, I found a baby and I didn't know whose it was. And it's if it's yours, let's do this. Yeah, right? she seems like a horrible human being because there was yeah. a dead guy in the boat you could have so, identified him yeah. That's yeah, right. exactly it's, the, it's not like the baby just ended up in a boat somehow There's randomly a there boat. was somebody with him for a while right and then the Probably. baby murdered him yeah yes. we Again. already covered that oh, okay. fair enough that. This, this could be even more brilliant what if she killed the guy we just never see that scene she sees a baby and she kills that guy but then the husband doesn't know and goes oh we have a baby but you know there's this hey, crazy thing what happening if it's really not a baby it's a tiger like in the life of Pi. Uh, yes, and it's actually just yes. her inner voices. There you go. What do you think they did with the boat? I mean, because back then that was like a car. <laughs> like, do you think they burned it? Or do you think they're rowing on that boat? And she's like, hey, that looks like the boat that my husband died in. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing just becomes they have all this stuff that was their their husbands and their friends and stuff. Hey, that's our, it's just like you at the Goodwill. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's hey, wait guy. a second. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's, your, it's their at your neighbor's apartment. They're like, that's our boat. That's did our desk. Uh, this boat? No, this isn't your boat. Ron, did you is point that our out? treasure chest? Of course, our baby. Did you point that out did, to the guy with the shirt? Did you go like, "Hey, that's my shirt"? Yeah, I was like, "I used to have a shirt like that." Because I, mean, I did that exact same thing, but to a random stranger on the street because I donated my clothes to Goodwill when I lived in West Hollywood. And like two days later, I'm standing at the corner of Fairfax and Goodwill, uh, Fairfax and Goodwill, <laughs> Fairfax and Santa Monica, otherwise known as Goodwill Corner. And this guy walks by wearing. My shirt. Now, it was such a unique shirt. Who farted? Bart did. <laughs> <laughs> Finger pointing up. Yeah. And, and I, he just walks by, and I just threw it out, hey, that's my shirt. And he got, like, really angry because now I know he's shopping 
<laughs> well, that, you don't want to know who wore the clothes no. before Goodwill. It takes uh, a lot of the mystery that's out. That's the social contract. The There's a social faux pas that I can't hey, yeah. It's like you. meeting your boyfriend's uh, former girlfriend. Like Adam, you're yeah, I make, wore that. you've worn him too. Adam is going to make some goodwill very happy when he donates his Batman shirt with a built-in cape, complete with built-in cape. Wow, <laughs> it comes in handy if you're doing a Joss Whedon Comic Con or any day after. It turns out I love that that comes in adult sizes. Right? It doesn't. Hey, uh, are you guys Second City by any chance? Did you go through the training center? No, uh, no, we I was with the UCB. Oh, all right. Because when you, I just want to. But I'll, I will tell you then and tell the audience, whenever you graduate from uh, Second City Training Center, you get this red T-shirt. And we all get it. And it's a $1,000, $1,500 shirt yeah, or something. $1,200 T-shirt. Yeah. So we all have it. And you just kind of never wear it. And you're like, what do I do with it? Well, I was when I first got here, we were driving down Santa Monica Boulevard. And there's a dude <laughs> in the shirt. And I was like, is it? I don't, he was a homeless looking dude. So I don't think he was a Second City graduate. It was Will Ferrell. It was! And that Maybe, man? I don't know. That's why he was homeless, because he had spent so much money <laughs> going through the program. Right? After meeting comedians for the last 10 years, I can almost guarantee that that was an improviser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would anyone like to write a letter as the homeless supervisor? <laughs> Dear Second City, I wish I had yes-anded my way into more jobs instead of my classes there, because I am now living on the street after paying for levels A. B, C, D, 1, 1A, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Actually, I couldn't pay for 5. I don't know what we're supposed to cover there. I hope the show went well. I'm going to take my kid, get on a boat, and get away from here. Should go well. Not too worried. Weather looks nice. And freeze, baby. Just freeze. Hey, honey, I'm going to take our baby out onto a boat. Is that cool? Nobody's talking about that part of it. <laughs> no. It is so dangerous. It's not like a big boat. It was a rowboat. Clearly, they had a very good baby child safety boat seat. And it's just him and the baby. So it's like, well, you got one hand in the baby, one hand on a row, literally going in circles. He was actually going to visit his parents. She didn't want to come. Yeah. Oh. He's like, I have to go see. I have to go uh, show my parents the baby. That's back when you could smoke in hospitals and take kids out on rowboats. It just—it was a different time. <laughs> time, man. All right, enough of this nonsense. Uh, I want to talk to Adam's parents. Yay! Yay! So they're in studio, and uh, we're going to take ten seconds of break to be back to talk to actual adults about movie going. Oh my goodness! So stay tuned, and we'll be back in ten seconds. All right, we're back. As promised, just a short break. And also, as promised, I wanted to introduce listeners to our biggest fan. Yay! Everyone's biggest fan is their mom, right? Yay! But Adam's mom, Janet, has gone so far as to create a Facebook group page yeah. for listeners of the show. Uh, and always chimes in on our social media exploits. So I wanted to talk to her and her husband, Fred, about what it's like for adults going to the movies. Because, you know... We're not. <laughs> so we brought in some actual adults to tell us what it's like going to lose or not going to the movies. Perhaps maybe they're turned off by it. We want to find these things out. Uh, so please welcome Adam's family. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's the Adam's family. Yeah, it's uh, all right. So let's uh, begin with uh, a pretty question we ask everyone who comes on the show. Yes. And this will give us a frame of reference for where you guys are. So, Janet, what is your favorite movie of all time? Imitation of Life, uh, you're which going probably quite old none school. of you kids has even heard of. I've seen it. Have you? Uh, that's Douglas Sirk. Am I right? The you director? are correct, Paul. Thank you. Douglas Sirk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joan Crawford? 
No. 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 I'm wrong. No. Lana I got the Turner. director, though. Okay. There you go. I, that's one of the ones I had to see in college mm-hmm. for yeah. film study class. They pull that one out. And in fact, if when we we're going to black movie soundtrack at the Hollywood Bowl on Wednesday night, there is a shot from *Imitation of Life* in the uh, opening montage I created. No, oh, nice. Yeah. You've never seen it? No, I haven't. No. Oh. It's a tearjerker. Jail. It's classic. Oh, jail time. It's classic. All right, let what, me put it? it on my list. <laughs> it's classic forties, nineteen forties melodrama. No, yeah, but it's big time uh, melodrama. Say fifties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See it, then see *Far from Heaven*. Fred, what's your favorite movie of all time? Little Big Man. Oh, we had someone mention that movie a <laughs> we few did. weeks we ago. We did. We had Little Big Man a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That is a classic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. It's legendary. All right. So I see the frame of reference. We got a frame of reference. <laughs> These are adults. <laughs> okay. No right. one said American now, Pie. Hang on. I have, I'm, I have an important question. What is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Oh, yes. That is important to Bart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tom. I distinctly remember you saying you are a fan of the show, <laughs> that you've watched I'll all of our shows. This Magnolia, how's that? Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's all acceptable. Right, right. That counts, that counts. He's Last in it, samurai. it's not a time. Last Samurai. Wow, oh, digging deep. Sure. There's some deep respect. Cut. All right, some well respect. then now let's get to what's your favorite Bill Murray movie. Oh, God, Day. love him. Groundhog Day, that was a good one, yeah. Oh, wow. No, Caddyshack. Carl Spackler. Yeah, yeah. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. They come together in Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Right. That's she, didn't even, she didn't even we call it Caddyshack. She calls it Carl Spackler. That's right. <laughs> we saw it, it at the theater, Ooh. first release. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Day one. Oh. <laughs> and because we hang around, we saw all the stuff at the very end with uh, Groundhog. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Everybody else had already walked out. We're standing there with a few that's hot. All right. That's cool. I like that. And what was the part when you saw it in the theater? Because this is a great thing I can get from the new Beverly is you go, oh, you realize what part really gets the audience rolling. Like what just kept laughing and laughing? What was the big part that just kept rolling and rolling? Was it the poo? Oh, in the pool. (laughs) Yeah, that was huge. That was huge. I remember when I was a kid, they, they they picked me up at my aunt's after seeing Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. And it's funny, you hear what certain things are from your parents, because I can't see Monty Python and the Meaning of Life yet. And trying to describe to me, maybe eight, uh, the Mr. Creosote scene where he kept eating and eating until he exploded. That's the sort of thing that gets in your curiosity. You're like, when I become an adult, I must see what we were just describing. <laughs> One more bite. It's wafer thin. It's a all right, so we've uh, compiled some questions here to find out what uh, you know real adults think about oh, no. movie going. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, here's one: Who is the best son in the world? Wait a second. <laughs> Look, I said I'd submit a couple questions. Uh, <laughs> it would challenge your knowledge. Uh, what do you make of barfing in the movies? Uh, I've actually well, I haven't had him sign a contract yet, but I've made Adam promise when he makes a movie, please. No vomiting. I, I got her. I got her back. I hate that. I'm I have disgusted. to look away. I can't. So, like, Stand by Me that bothered you? The the pie eating vomiting scene Dude. when it's so clearly hokey they, and cheap. They threw up in no, like didn't buckets. Oh, yeah. Buckets. Oh my gosh, your peewee's yeah. Stand by Me. That's a horrible. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stand by Me. She's blocked it out. That's how traumatic oh, it was. I don't think she's seen that one in a while. Up. It's the it's the jackass. It's when I put on jackass that it really. Oh yeah. Yeah. Please don't do that. It could happen. I beg you. Could it happen off camera? Or are you just completely against it? I find no need for it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, there you go. I don't 
How about what do uh, you think of this, Mom? I find no need for that. I, well, is, I mean, <laughs> that, such a is mom, that entertainment? Isn't such a mom way to explain why that shouldn't be happening? Well, I find no need for it, and be no cause for such a matter. I would like to explain this to you, but I just don't have it in me right now. Well, we don't throw up in real life, so. What does uh, Ryan's mom think of it? Your Ryan's mom. <laughs> oh, oh, I. <laughs> Well, I it's, think that I'm just, if, I'm just laying on, if, you know, pimping left and right. I'd like to go back to the who's the best son question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I just disagree with what you are saying. And if Ryan made a movie where he vomited, I would see it, even though I also think that it's inappropriate. <laughs> but I would see it. Need for such a thing. When are you going to start a face group? Uh, Facebook face group. group. Oh, I, honey, I've already started a face group, uh, and, uh, but I don't know how to get it. Mom, on they Facebook. don't call it that. <laughs> Luckily, my mom. He's the one who drags and drops and all that. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, my, my mom is a generator of a good question as well that I think we could throw around the room. One of those questions we like to find out how people come in. Uh, the a comfort food movie. That's my mom's. If you ask her her favorite movie, it's interesting. She goes intellectual with Imitation of Life, but if you ask her what to sit down and watch right now, it would be seems like old times. Yes. I know that. That's my yeah. Oh. Charles Grodin. Like over and over. And over. Karen, have you yeah. seen it yet? I don't think so. Oh Please. no, Karen. A lot of dogs. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to strap you down. Mom, uh, how many you dogs said you are in the movie? That a year ago. Oh wait, is that the one with all the corgis? No. Oh, okay. I saw that one. The that's, un, the that's the king's king, speech. No, that's the one about the unexpected tourist or something. Oh, the, the accidental uh, tourist. Accidental tourist. Oh, yeah. yeah, the corgi hotel. Best. Yes. All right, I'll go get this. Is, uh, this is good stuff. Chevy Chase, right? Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Uh, Charles Grodin, yes, I believe. What's your, what's, yes. your, what's your comfort food movie? If you're just going to like, yes. look, I just want to chill. I want some macaroni and cheese of movies. What do you choose? I will never not watch The Fifth Element if it's on TV. <laughs> really? I always watch. Uh, I also love. Uh, I'll, I love Quiet, The Quiet Man. Oh. Mm -hmm. Doing a little deep cut. John Wayne. I watch uh -huh, it every uh -huh. every St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. Um, I think my comfort movie and my favorite movie might be the same, which is Rushmore. Oh. Oh. I can watch Rushmore yeah. a million That's times. Use. That's an error. <laughs> the part where in Rushmore when the dad goes, "Hey, we're going out for dinner afterwards," and he goes, "It's cast and crew only," and the dad goes, "Oh, do you need some money?" and he goes, "No, dad." I cry every single time because I'm just—it's so mean to your father. He's like, "Do you need some money?" No, dad. I, I never picked up on that as being oh, mean. The God, other, it makes me so sad. The other part is Ron has never refused money from his parents. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dual meaning for him. Yeah. What do you, you think of the movie Mr. Green Jeans? What? <laughs> Me? Right. More quoting. That's Brushman. Best play ever. Best play ever, oh, man. Wait, so Janet, Fred, do you guys do you go out to the movies? If you get filled up, it's like, hey, let's watch a movie. Would you go out or do you stay at home? Wait a minute, you're from Ohio, right? So movies are like eight dollars. <laughs> I don't know how you manage that. But we live in Kentucky. Oh, so it's like four dollars. Like they pay us. <laughs> they pay us three bucks a movie. They have entertainment in Kentucky, right? Well, it's limited. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah, movie's in limited Paul, release. In she's <laughs> a huge fan of our show. Oh, that's right. It's limited. What do you, what do you make? Of, <laughs> thanks, that's my Gary. favorite show. What do you make of uh, of the theater going experiences? It's like, uh, do, do, the, I like it a lot. Do you have the fancy yeah. theaters? You know the ones where you like sit in those big leather recliners where they have trays, like so you can eat like you're in a hospital. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No, but they rock. Y'all got to get those. Yeah. They rock and they hold your soda. Oh, okay, that's cool. Oh, all right. No, so, so does pop. my front seat of my car. <laughs> so you're buying sodas. You find concession prices reasonable? 
No. No. But you do it anyway, right? You have to. That's what everybody does. That's what you're there for. We all buy it under protest. Well, it's just like being on a plane. You can't bring in your own, so. But have you ever snuck booze into a theater? All the time. All the time. (laughs) That Caddyshack screening, right? That was the 70s. Did, Mom, didn't you see Pink Flamingos at a midnight screening in Dayton? Oh, definitely. Yeah. There were some booze there, right? Several times. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Star Wars with you. <laughs> yeah? Uh-huh. Yes. They, they were also... hammered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you guys like to bring in? Like rum? You, you, did you take a flask to Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Whiskey. <laughs> Tell me you did. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maker's Mark. Uh, oh, Kentucky, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, I did for The Force Awakens. That was a celebration. There's nothing like drinking a 32-ounce 7 and 7 you know, <laughs> during a movie. Do you find people, too many people on their phones? You never, you ever distracted by that whole matter? No, that was pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty responsible. Wow, so it's just L.A. where they're annoying about it. Of course, it. there might have only yeah. been five other people in there. but yeah. No, we actually got we turned just... away. What were we trying to see? That Oh, The Revenant. Yeah. We... It was so packed that we it couldn't even go. It was the first weekend go. that was showing, and we got... Were you with us? No. No. Somebody no, else. Here. We, we got go. there, and we looked at it, and it's like, you're trying to go to line to line. It's like, it let's go home. Have, <laughs> you, have you ever bought tickets in advance online? No. No. Oh, the <laughs> no. You don't really need no. to do that You just there. don't have to. It's usually yeah, it's a crazy. spur of the moment thing. Oh, well, I guess for that re- Revenant night, it would have helped. You would have had a place in yeah. line. Or yeah, but can I ask too, my big question? We don't like please, please. that big of a crowd anyway. Um... Have you ever walked? This goes for each one of oh, you. Yeah, have you ever walked out on a movie? Yeah, there you go. Oh, I've actually man. recently heard this discussion by some other uh, movie files, and um, I had never thought about it this way. But somebody, and I wish I could credit who it was, but said, "If you walk out on the movie, it's as if the movie had won." So <laughs> I'm going to get my I'm going to get my twelve or thirteen dollars out of you, one way or the other. I'm going to make you do this whole movie for me, even if I hate it. And that's the camp I fall in. I've never walked out of a movie. I've thrown my hat at the screen. (laughs) Uh, Summersby, I literally threw my hat at the screen at the end of that movie. It was horrible. But yeah, I feel like I'm getting I'm getting gypped if I if I get up and walk out. I I did. I walked out, and this is so hard to say now. It seems so wrong. I walked out on a Chevy Chase movie. I walked out on (gasps) Funny Farm. Oh. Oh. I was not having it. And you know what? I revisited. Absolutely love it. (laughs) That's an easily misunderstood the first time movie. I I did not like it. I went back and adore it now. So, yeah. Yeah. I walked out on uh, a movie called Opportunity Knocks with Frank Whaley (laughs) and Jennifer Connelly. And here's why. I saw The Doors. And that movie, I I don't do drugs, but I that I felt like I was on drugs after the movie, and I kind of liked it to the point where I went into Opportunity Knocks, and I was like, I need to go back in the doors. I, like right now, I, I was like, I got to get back in the doors, and so I went back in and I watched the doors a second time, and I left. Poor Paul, imagine how good real drugs are. Like. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just the illusion of drugs. Missing out. I used to write for the school paper when I was at Arizona State and got to review movies uh, for free. And I, wa- the only movie I walked out of was Malibu- Malibu's Most Wanted. <gasps> which was uh, Jamie Kennedy guest. vehicle. Wow. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Former guest of our show? He's oh, sat I'm sorry. right yeah, there. Yeah, he's sat oh right my there. Gosh. That's all right. I mean, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't care for the movie. He might have the same opinion on the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never, I don't think I ever walked out of a movie, but I remember one time I was also reviewing a movie and I was reviewing Couples Retreat and I wanted to walk out, but I didn't because there was uh, this grandma and her young uh, gay grandson in the front, and she kept yelling at the, like the uh, during like it was like me and them and like a few other people, 
And like, you know how Arclight, they're like a person who comes before the movie and she's like, welcome to the movie. There's like four of us in the theater. And she's like, she's like, thank you everyone and welcome to the movie. And this grandma's like, who are you talking to? And the son's like, grandma. She's like, there's no one even here. Why is he talking? And it's like, I just sat and watched her watch this film and had a blast. Have you walked out, Janet? Yes. Sophie's Choice. <laughs> Not a good movie. You didn't even stick around it's to the insane. choice. She the, <laughs> didn't care what choice was made. That year. I was so... I, I don't I, when I finally saw that movie, after everything I had been told, and after all the references that had been made of this movie, and how often it was you know, dropped as, a, as an iconic... That is the stupidest, <laughs> most painful movie. I'd pay to get out of there. It's, it's an hour and a half of some woman torturing, uh, what's his name, because he's in love with that. her. It just seemed to go on. Yeah, on and, and then, that was a no. What was the last uh, week's guest favorite? No, movie. the other, the other kid, um, uh, McNichol, Peter McNichol. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's just, you know, back crap crazy. And then, oh, by the way, there's this other thing that happened at the like the last three seconds of the movie is, oh yeah, I gave up one of my kids to the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, she was all depressed and <sighs> whiny. And Worst movie ever. So Sophie's choice wasn't a Sophie's choice. What? I said Sophie's choice wasn't a Sophie's choice. I like what Adam Adam has said about movies in the past that you walk out on or you stop watching at home is that you kind of leave them in that situation. Like, as far as you're concerned, she's still struggling with that choice because you never saw her make it in the end. I've never gone back and watched it. Yeah, not not because it was a bad movie because I had to get to a different movie. Sometimes I'll get to the theater early or I'll catch a little of something. So that doesn't really count for walking out. That's the one you go to and you actually leave and go to nothing else. Uh, but NWA, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched past a certain point in that. So in my my head, they're still together and making music. Easy, easy, <laughs> live and kicking. Yeah. All I know is uh, Yellow Dog is still running. Oh. <laughs> Yellow Dog. Yellow yeah. dog. Fred, All right, well, that, that's uh, that's uh, Janet and Fred, everybody. Hey. Adults. Now, I, um, I have had this little guy for a little while, and I wanted to give it a good home. And I know that... I don't know what is going on with you, Janet, but you're into that sniveling weasel thing. So I have a weasel here. She posts posts pictures of weasels all the time. So Karen has a weasel here. And Carl Rove. He gets on there too. You got a weasel. You got a weasel. Oh my God. Karen, what did you get for us? We have no gifts for our other guests, Karen. um, Because we gave them something. I know. We just figured we would get something too. You guys are going to get something super special. Oh, I hope it's a bottle of tepid water. (laughs) It is amazing. (laughs) Oh. I had one more point to make. Uh-oh. Yes. Because I meant to meant to jump off of that. When I was a kid, we didn't go to the theater all the time. Now, if it was a Superman or a Star Wars, they would make sure they got me there. And In fact, the opening night of Return of the Jedi was the very first movie I saw on opening night, which is cool. But also, during the Oscar season, these two would try and hurry up and get caught up with the Oscars. And that would inevitably sweep me into seeing, say, ordinary people at the age of eight. Oh, gosh. Yes. Now, I He's asked never the, forgiven I've us. never forgiven However, I've watched it as an adult, and it turns out it's a pretty good movie. Great movie. Wouldn't show it to an eight-year-old. No. But because it's, and it's not because there's anything like adult in it. It's just boring adult stuff. It's like no kid wants, just to, wants to watch a bunch of adults pay their bills in a movie, you know? <laughs> So uh, what was the two adult type of thing that you ended up at uh, as a movie? I think that's a good topic, too. Like, oh, this is for adults. I saw My Beautiful Laundrette when I was far too young. I saw that, too. I was trying to think of one, and I rented that from the Superette. So anybody from Jamestown listening to this is going to know where that is. How the Superette got that movie is beyond me. Yeah, because it's right next to the hunting gear. Oh, my gosh, there's deer heads on the wall and and bullets, and now My Beautiful Laundrette. 
my uh, whenever my mom would leave, my dad would just put on whatever he wanted to watch. Did not care if I was in the room or not. <laughs> I saw a Full Metal Jacket when I was way too young, and then the one that really stuck with me was your father did what? <laughs> I cannot believe it. Was Casualties of War. Oh, oh, my oh, which is like, does not have the amount of blood that Full Metal Jacket has, no. but it's just more, yeah. It, oh, they it's just more, torture them. Yeah, it's, it's oh, all torturous, brilliant. horrible movie. What's the one with Matthew Broderick? And he's like, there's a, there's, they're at midnight, and the one turns into a hawk. Oh, and Lady the, Hawk. Lady oh, Hawk. Yeah. Isn't that, don't you see uh, titties in that movie? Because I, I, so. I, I was recall. definitely you've seen that more recently than me. I, yeah, I did. I think you're right. I think I, think was, I was but a it's kid. Tasteful, I, but I think that was my first boobs that I saw, and I was watching with my mom and dad. And I remember my mom going like, "Well, I don't, I don't know if we should be showing this to." And my dad just went, "Ah, he's probably seen him by now." <laughs> and, I remember, and you hadn't. And I hadn't. And I remember thinking, "Man, movies are awesome." <laughs> I remember watching uh, Witness. Uh, the Harrison yeah, yeah. Ford witness. Yeah. yeah, with the Amish. And um, I was I was more than old enough to see boobies at that age. I was at least fourteen or. I don't but know did you understand the Amish at that age? <laughs> yeah, that's what was more perplexing. But we were we were watching this on on. Wait, why don't they? We had it. We had rented it. My buddy Rob had rented it, and he he grew up in a very Catholic household. And uh, I don't know if his parents knew what we were watching and whether or not you know that would have gone off yeah. anyway. But we're watching it down in the den, and it, there's that one scene where she's taking a sponge bath, yeah. and she just—it's just, it's just a, a, a medium shot of her boobies, and then she turns around, and that's literally all that happens. And Rob's father happens to walk in the room just as that scene happens, oh, no. and we're like, "Oh crap!" And he just folds his arm and he goes, "Oh, so explicit." <laughs> <laughs> and walks away. And I remember thinking, you kids and your damn witness. <laughs> Emmanuel goes to the Amish, is what you're watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so explicit. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you once again, uh, Janet. Hey, I appreciate you coming by. Well. Big fans of the show, and uh, and of course, their favorite movie guy is. Now, Adam. if you're going to be whispering amongst yourselves, move the mic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll reset the mics here and get some more uh, FaceTime with our guests right after this. And we're back. That was a great segment with Janet Yay! and Fred. You know, uh, I, said, I promised we'd have adults here, and they were just like us. Saw Caddyshack and all yeah. that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but now let's get some uh, FaceTime with the newly reunited for 2016 Modest Proposal, Ron Babcock and Ryan McKee. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we heard a little about what you've been up to lately, kind of on your own, working for a Late Late Show, going on tour with stand-up. So what is Modest Proposal's plans for this coming year? You've done a couple of festivals. And what are you all about? Oh man, Ryan. pulling out some classic <laughs> sketches. Is we it sketches? To, is it improv? Yeah, we used to is do it? this like thing. Well, we started out in stand up. We kind of we started out in a duo because I think we were too afraid to do stand up on our own. Yeah, and so we just started out as a duo, and we actually got like all the stuff you could get in our little scene of Phoenix, Arizona, relatively quickly. Uh, we went. It was to, like, a novelty to have a duo, so they would start like, booking us at the Tempe Improv, which was a huge deal to open. Yeah, like, I mean, it was like us, this it felt like a 500, huge deal, yeah. 600 seat comedy club, 
And then so like you know we ruled that little tiny Phoenix scene, and then we slowly with over an time, iron fist we got better as solo performers, yeah. uh, you know because we got more confident. But we used to do this monthly show out in Phoenix, and it was a great. We'd have uh, people come in, and we, every month we would do all new sketch, stand up, and videos, and it was this great like motivating thing for us to just always be creating. And then that unfortunately that venue, which was the best venue ever, got closed down. It was uh, the Paper Heart Gallery. R.I.P. And so then we just decided, Ryan was like, we should start doing the show again in Phoenix. So now we're doing it every like two months. We're going back to uh, Phoenix and we just bring friends of ours from Los Angeles. Our friend April Richardson did it last time. And uh, and yeah, we're doing the same thing. Like we're doing all new sketch, all new stand up, all new videos. And we just make it, we kind of, you know, I don't know, try to make it an event, try to just make it a big fun show. Yeah, it's just something to work towards. Cause I find... I finally don't end up doing stand-up if I don't have something to really look forward to. And I don't make videos if I don't have something to make videos for. So yeah. this is great. It's like, oh, man, we got to make a new video. And it's just a, it's a kind of a nice thing just to have. And it's it's fun to go on a little road trip, perform in front of like an appreciative audience. And the content's random, whatever's on your mind. Like yeah. Making a video about a little bit. Like uh, last show. And last show was our first one back. And what, we had like over 100 people come out? Yeah, it was great. So we were very surprised. We were like, wow, we did not expect, we thought we were going to be like, we'll get was, 30 for sure. Yeah, that was the first show we had promoted on our own in Phoenix in over eight years, eight and a half years or so. Yeah, so it, was, yeah. it had been a while. And but, it's like just silly stuff, like you said. There's no big goal with social change or anything like that. Yeah, no. Just pretty much silly Yeah. Yeah. Do you have crap. some generations of fans that are friends that are still there that knew you and this is sort of like that's who came out for it, but they brought a friend because they're yeah. still that now they've lived in that community for a while and they, they know the cultural scene? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely people who used to come out and come to every single month and they were super stoked. I I was kinda cool that they actually remembered it. Well and what's cool is also now is that comedy has gotten way cooler in the last eight years. Yeah, it definitely wasn't cool so when we started. So there were are a lot more people that just want to come out. There's more venues and there's more comics there. Do you, do you remember so. that time we got ri- we got written up in this 944 magazine? Do you mm-hmm. remember that? As like the thing to do that weekend? And 944 was one of those like I don't know, magazine a for free bar magazine with yeah. mostly yes. cigarette ads. Yeah, I think exactly. I think we ended up in one of those too. And yeah. I remember like so we had all these we we had a certain demographic of people. I think they're the same demographic who listen to this show. And they're not the demographic who reads 944. And all of a sudden we're getting ready for the show and we see like ten of the definitely the most attractive just humans that I have seen like walking to our show dressed to the nines. Like they were going to a club and instead and they were going to this little crappy The Paper Heart venue. was it's a former car dealership that that has been turned into a art space slash gallery space slash bar. And they walk in and they take one look and then they just all walk right back out. <laughs> I swore their advertisement was on the back of a axe body spray ad. I swear. I remember that the person at the door was like, Ron, don't worry about it. I made them pay first. And we're like, yeah! Yes. <laughs> we won. You're seven dollars each. Yes, but that was in Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's that's one of the things I like about LA is that you can never be overdressed or underdressed for anything. Yeah. Like yeah. If you were to walk into to uh, you know Second City in a tuxedo, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm on my way somewhere else. I'll stop in here. Only in Phoenix would you think you're overdressed for comedy. The other night, I was out with my uh, with a friend of mine, and we just we were in front of Musso and Frank's, and I said, let's just eat here. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. been to Musso, but I forgot you're supposed to dress up a little bit. That's got a little bit of a classy air. Mm. But everybody immediately went from, well, who are the people kind of dressed down for this place to, 
Oh, they must be somebody. They must be writers. Ma- uh, you must be somebody. You must be somebody if you chose to walk into Moose and Frank's uh-huh. wearing a t-shirt with a cape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Hip or right. homeless. I used to play that game all the time. Hip or homeless. I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, when you truly don't care, then you're like, oh, wow, he must really be someone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to play something because I enjoy this from Ron's uh, website. You, most people have demo reels. You have a death reel. Oh, yeah. this is uh, and I play. I want to play a little clip of this. This thing. is a good example of something that he was motivated to finish because, because we were doing oh, no, a live proposal. That's, the, so, that's yeah. the thing we showed last. For like the July show or April Yeah, show I've just been in a lot of things where I died. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I, and you know what? I have death scenes that didn't make the cut. <laughs> that's how many death scenes I have. Perfect. This is the beginning of it. It explains it all. Hi, my name is Ron Babcock, and I'm dying to be in your next film. <laughs> I have died in literally hundreds, if not six short films. If you need someone to die in your next project, I will look so dead. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not really dead. I was just acting, or what the Quakers call lying. And I can bring that same lifeless performance to your next project. Don't believe me? I respect your professional thoroughness. And it just like, but it was right. It was like, you know, we always, I always had that idea. And I was like, I'm going to make this thing. And everybody would be like, oh, it's really funny. And then it would never work on yeah. it. But you know what was funny about that is. Deadlines help, man. As mm-hmm. you think that everybody is kind of on the same page because you're in L.A. all the time and you're talking to other actors. But then when we took that out to Phoenix, people didn't really know what a, an acting reel is necessarily. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we realized like, oh, we should have queued it up a little bit. Because yeah. some people were like, what is that? That's just a bunch of death scenes. Yeah. Like, what? I didn't get it. There's so a guy much. back home who's like, hey, man, I watched that video where you're in all that different stuff. That was amazing. Like, what was that? He's like, it was so crazy. I had trouble following it, but it was fun. I'm like, it's a real. He's like, what? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I forget. Not everybody. I, I didn't get the story. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's 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 kind of weird. I'm like, it's a highlight reel for me. And he's like, oh, okay. It, it, it. It's also particularly L.A., which may not play outside of here, that some stuff you're in that's on TV is not good. Yeah. Like, but anybody else is like, you're on TV that many times? Yeah, but some of them were dumb parts. That was my point. No, 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 no. You're on TV four times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just impressed. They're, again, they're just impressed that you can pay rent in L.A. Yeah, right. I remember being confused by the concept of a reel um, because, well, I kind of knew what it was, and I was working on a miniseries as a camera assistant. And I got uh, – everyone's worked on movie sets, so we all know that the grips are the worst people, right? They're just grumpy, horrible Dude, human beings. Dude, they're so they're the meanest. They're the meanest. They are the meanest. They mean- always, the one time I worked, I worked on a set a few times, and I, I got called, the first day I showed up, and I'm like, I have never been called fag so much in my right. life. <laughs> and I went to high school, and it was the grips. The surliest, yeah. most Actually, unpleasant Actually, my wife is a grip. Yeah. <laughs> Charming woman. Woo! Love her. <laughs> Great human. But the, the, usually they're just the, 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 the grumpiest people on the set. And so uh, some grip was giving me a hard time, and, and he was going off about something and uh and he made a comment about um well you know you know i'm hoping to show him my reel and i immediately thought how does a grip have a reel <laughs> and i went you have a reel as a grip and that just set him off right oh, i was like no. no my directing reel i'm like oh, all right I, but why would i assume you guy who put 
see <laughs> stand um, over there. Now we know yeah. why they're surly yeah, because exactly. of guys like you. <laughs> I just would love to see a grips reel. Yeah, I would love to see. That's that. a great yeah. idea because, like, I've worked you know electric and stuff. We've all worked like various jobs or like a, 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 a an assistant or whatever. I was a PA. Be hilarious, yeah, my PA. PA reel. Here's a movie. I was a PA on this. I brought peanuts. You should show the yeah. final court scene from A Few Good Men. Yeah. Look, oh how, well, look how well scary. fed they look. Look how well fed those actors look. I brought, I picked up the food that they look fed so them. hydrated. I tell you, I yeah. met when I was a PA. One of my first PA gigs was on a, a Brendan Fraser movie, and I remember oh, I went to the makeup trailer to see what they wanted for breakfast because they couldn't walk over to the thing and get it themselves. And then I remember opening the door and Brendan Fraser is walking in, and he's like, "Hey, what's your name?" And I go, Ron. He's like, cool. My name's Brendan. And I was just like, and, I, and in my head, I was just like, Hollywood. Oh my God. It was like my first big Hollywood was experience. Was that movie Top Cats or something? No, Cats? it never Tom came Cats. out. It oh, never came out. Was it was the first with, movie was the... I worked on was Tom Cats with oh, Brendan Fraser. Where were you on that? Didn't we PA on that movie together? That's crazy. I, yeah, I, you know, I was only on it a couple of days. You were on it like weeks. It was like, because it, it was Michael um, Batman. Ba- uh, yeah, old uh, Batman. Michael Keaton. Michael it was Michael Keaton. Keaton and Brendan Fraser were both. Hi, I don't think I'm Brendan. <laughs> he was so friendly. Oh, did you so know? Nice. Did you know it's Fraser? Fraser. Oh gosh. I, I Apparently it's him just once. Brendan. It's, yeah. <laughs> not Fraser. Fraser. No. Who knew? You learn something every day. And that's what I was required to say when I interviewed. Demi. It's Demi. It's Demi. For anybody who, uh, just to let you know how in the know we are. It's Demi. It's Br- it's Fraser. Yeah. It's uh, Cool Breeze Reeves. Cool Breeze Reeves. I got a hankering to go and watch Blast from the Past right now. <laughs> That's the one you went to? I went, you know, I've actually, it's one of those movies that I haven't really seen and I can't, I don't, is it good or is it bad? I don't know. Oh, I didn't see it. Ju- uh, just I bet it's is it awful. It's awful. Oh, it's not good. It's not bad. It's 90s, I think is my new, my new catchphrase for things like that. Hey, right? another, <laughs> another movie that like uh, kind of that, the feel good movie that you will always watch. I will always watch Encino Man. <laughs> That's the one I thought you would go to. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, East School Ties. Oh yeah, I watch School Ties. Yeah, the one of the guys from Scranton in that. Really? Yeah, so I have to go back to something you said uh, oh, earlier. Yeah. You were talking about being okay. First of all, Wilkesbury, right? Yeah. So the only connection. I'm from Western New York, but I remember specifically when Paul and I were first dating. I thought it would be the greatest thing to buy him a letter from the Easter Bunny. And the address was Wilkesbury. Really? So I'm like, the Easter Bunny lives in Wilkesbury. So that was the craziest thing. But Just now, the Easter Bunny calling on hard times, right? <laughs> and then you said you lived in Stroudsburg. Well, I we I just went there. Oh, right. Like I, uh, you know, oh, drove you down. There. It's pretty close by. It's like Wilkesbury if Wilkesbury had it going on. Okay, because we lived in <laughs> East Stroudsburg because we worked at the Pocono Renaissance Fair. Um, yeah, at Magic. I'm familiar. Don't judge us. <laughs> I didn't know I was with a bunch of heroes. Um, thank you. Wow. Is there? You guys were at the Renaissance Festival. What did yes, you do there? We uh, well, we did um the what, second year, the year that so ended. So we ruined it. For everyone, you were. I was Sir John Dunn, poet for Her Majesty's Court. And I was. Oh <laughs> man! And I was the widow who killed all her husbands. Oh my so, gosh! You know you. that? Um, no joke. About two weeks ago, uh, Ron got an offer to go join the Renaissance Fair. I got it. I got an offer for a gig to be in the Renaissance Fair in Fort Lauderdale. Ooh. As a jester? Ooh. No, it sounds like, so sweaty. Oh, it sounds like one of the sweatiest Renaissance fairs. You yeah, ever at least ours was in this beautiful wooded area. It was in a thing so called hot. the Mud Show, oh. where I would have actually been in, in mud the mud and the you whole would time. Eat it, and it's apparently like the tips. most popular show. Yep. It, My friend was trying to tell me, he's like, it's it's kind of a big deal in this world. Oh, yeah. And I, if I was like, man, if I was single, 
I would totally do this. <laughs> two two things about that. Yeah, one of the comedians we started off with in Phoenix, what, 12 years ago, maybe yeah. now? Yeah. He, he has been in the mud show for Tom how many Hibbler. years? And he's he's like he's the guy, and he's like and he's like living the life, and he loves probably it. Probably been what eight wow. years he's been doing he's, that. He's, he's killing on the Renfair circuit. He got divorced, went right into the mud show. That's what he got. <laughs> Does he seriously pick up chicks for being in the mud show? I think yeah. he met his girlfriend just at the Renaissance Festival. I mean, totally. was the Renaissance Festival? Was it crazy? Is that where you guys met? No, 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 no. we were together before, but everybody was sleeping with everybody. It's yeah. crazy. Man. Yeah. That's a it, that Here. is a definitely Mag- Magic Valley was the theme park that was that there. We were and in. when Magic Valley was abandoned, the Renaissance Fair moved into those grounds and did the show. They had oh beautiful grounds. God. It had all of these falls and everything. It was, it was If gorgeous. you guys have never been to a Renaissance Festival, go. It's Just go ridiculous. eat a giant turkey leg, throw an axe. It's and a pretty fun day. Go <laughs> eat a pickle out of a woman's breast out of her cleavage. They're, all boobs are welcome at the Renaissance all Fair. Boobs. They're they're definitely. They're, they're, Upright and welcoming you. Yeah. They a lot of them are how, like. Wait a minute. Why am I just now tables? hearing about this? <laughs> they are tables. You they, thought it was for nerds. How, yeah. How 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 did this get past me all these years? Oh, There's... And then they dunk the women in water because they have the wench dunk so that then their boobs are not only exposed but now they're wet and sticky and. How yeah, is this, this how any different than yeah. Tiffany's? This is how club. nerds objectify women. Nice. <laughs> and, and wet get away wenches. With it. Yeah. And it's also a weird crossover. Like you'll see like a Star Trek wench. Yes. Oh, and it's yeah. like uh, the, they right, came. They came to our fair. They had beamed back in time to yeah. explore the Renaissance. <laughs> it was the best. They oh. came and they were just like, "We're from the." They came with a backstory. Yeah. My yeah. favorite episode. Yeah. But, Our uh, Renaissance Fair is a little different than some other ones. I'm, I'm being a little bit of a snob because we were a hired ooh. company. There were about 30 of us. It rehearsed for about a month. And we put on three or four Shakespeare productions. Plus, we had all of our characters, but we weren't allowed to drop character or be anachronistic. So when we would do it, if someone from Star Trek came up, we would have to pretend like they weren't strange and we would just be like oh you know good sir but we didn't know they from, were captain kirk yeah we didn't know they were but we go to ren fairs like the one out here and all they do is talk about pocahontas <laughs> yeah, you look like bruce wayne yeah, my lord like, it's weird <laughs> what there were no utensils at in medieval times therefore there are no utensils at medieval times <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, we didn't have any utensils uh but there's pepsi uh <laughs> I sir, did you i got a lot of tables <laughs> how much money did you make at that rent fair what, what was what was your pool probably 220 a week 220 a week yeah, yeah. and then were you guys living in tents the whole time no they housed us too yeah See, like, where the they had day one they were like so you're gonna be living in a tent no. and i was like See, we, i don't know man i'm in my 30s i can't no, i, I can't do that. We thing. had plumbing and everything. Yeah, we were know. a theater company, so yeah. like most of them are just groups of independent contractors yeah. who come together and like live behind the axe throwing thing where they yeah. work. You yeah. know, like they don't. And then you, but you look down on all them because you are theater. Yes. We were theater, but no offense to your job opportunities, but our fair also had the women be in the mud pit. It was a th- it was female women. trio yeah. show, and that it was, was just, the, that. That it was the was most the popular. Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, I could see couldn't that one. Be the gypsy dance couldn't compete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the poetry uh, couldn't compete. But Bart, you know Bart don't look up tickets now. This show is still, still <laughs> show go, uh, the show's still going on. You can check it afterwards. Oh, but the, the mud show out here is the biggest draw, and they make tons of money because they actually do it for tips. We weren't allowed to get tips. Yeah, he was telling me. He's like, he's like you, you make, make a lot of tips, bro. You make a lot of tips. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, man. And I was like, I don't know. I have a girlfriend. He's like, bring her, man. We'll find a job for her. And oh. I was just like, yeah, oh. they'll have her selling pickles out of her yeah, honey. Yeah. Oh, wait, you did, not tell me, you did not tell me that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I pitched that by Jamie, and she's like, ah. Oh, I'm okay, actually. I like Jamie a lot more right now. <laughs> yeah. Should be slinging mead. 
But the cool thing was not only, okay, so we did the Renaissance Fair and that was fine and everything, but the thing that was great is after that they did Poe's Haunted Village. And so they t- took the whole area and they made it Elizabethan. And it was the coolest haunted. They had mazes and they would people would go around and do Edgar Allan Poe poetry and all this crazy stuff. It was super cool. Burned that a guy at the end of the night. Burned a guy awesome. alive. That's it's so gotta God. be way that was more popular now with Game of Thrones, like yeah. a Renaissance oh, fairs. Yeah. We are living in the golden age yeah. of the Renaissance <laughs> festivals. Mm-hmm. Quite the Renaissance for oh. the Renaissance oh. fair. Oh. Yeah, once we now now that we've made it past sort of Xena as as the new thing to dress as, you know, we, we've got a whole new era here. They they were desperate for years there. You got to go as Xena people, or uh, you know. or you go home, or is that what was this Kevin uh, Sorbo? Sorbo. Yeah. Oh my God. I have no transition for this, but I wanted to ask because one of the, one of the, we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask one more thing about uh, Ryan's career. So you left Arizona, somehow ended up on Last Comic Standing. How did that uh, uh Well, Ron and I were on Last Comic Standing oh, as a duo. You went on as the duo. That's awesome. So that must have been unique and to that, the judges. And then I was on for a hot second as a solo. Mm-hmm. As the duo, though, we were like kind of in the highlight reel of like weirdo performers. Yeah. <laughs> but we were in the opening episode and the closing. And I will maintain that in the closing episode, when we said our joke, like the entire studio audience laughed. Like we got an honest to God, like like they actually were like we were weird, but we were funny. Yeah, we're the time we did as a duo. Remember we stayed up all night in line. Yeah, and then oh. we. But then we found out the next morning that like we the, stayed up all night in line, and then we found out the next morning that the owner of the Tempe Improv had actually recommended us, so we didn't have to stand. He like in saw line us in the line, and he's like, "What are you guys doing? Come on." And we're like, what? He's like, yeah, you guys don't have to wait in this line. And we're feel like, the best? Oh, hey, you could have told yeah. us that earlier. So long, suckers. <laughs> right. Everyone you've met made nice with. Yeah, and then, then, then we just you. were like, see ya, suckers. <laughs> yeah. But is it is it kind of a, a tense, angry? Because comics aren't so the most many, friendly people to each other. There were so many weirdos in the yeah. line because there were people who just had most, the majority of people in that line had never done stand-up. Oh. Yeah. Wow. They're just like running their jokes by their friends. I was the worst. That's a thing though, where people like, I could do that. I, I yeah. just go up and tell funny stories. Well, if you, if you, my friends work. tell me I'm hilarious. Yeah. I'm go Remember, this that. was like when American Idol was big. So people, and you could just go into American Idol and be like, hey, I, people tell me I'm a really good singer. I'm just going to sing. And you could get on to the next stage of just by having this amazing talent. So people kind of felt the same way about Last Comic, where they're like, my friends tell me I'm really funny. I'm really funny. I'm just going to go be funny. This is the clearly the first place I should ever try it. <laughs> and in it was front just, of people. And everybody had like awfully, like super misogynistic, racist, oh, super yeah. dirty. Yeah. We were like, I don't think you could say that on TV. I had a director, though, who said that that's becoming like a plague for them. Like they'll hold regular theater auditions for some mount some show Les Mis let's say or something and then people will come up to me like okay you better listen to me because I have it and it's going down play the music and, and he's like whoa whoa wow. whatever attitude you showed Simon Cowell just does not work uh, yeah. in the real world I didn't think about that that's crazy yeah it's all these people who have it I think we were discussing why is this the one thing everybody thinks they can do is comedy, singing, or music. Like nobody just walks up to a construction site and is like oh I got this I got this but you know what you probably could hammer that together but you can't just walk up and do comedy. But it's the thing everybody thinks they can do. Yeah, it's because people at parties tell them, "Hey, yeah. you're really funny," yeah. but they don't always say, "Hey, you're really you probably be really good at building a bookshelf." Like, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't good translate. Point. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do anything. And they're not specific when they compliment. Yeah, they're not specific when they compliment. They're not like your timing is good 
or your uh, your 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 material is coming from your, a very good place. Your honest character place. work is really strong. Yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just you're very funny. What are they going to do with? Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, wrap up the show oh, with a bang. Right. It's Karen's look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. Karen's birthdays! Take it away. Karen's birthdays, it's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays, Karen's birthdays it's time for Karen's birthdays. All right, let's start off by wishing a very happy birthday to Mr. David Fincher, who turns 54. Woohoo! I thought he was older than that. I'm glad he's at least that old. <laughs> I'm glad he's not much older because I need a lot more movies from him. Oh. I was afraid you were going to say he's like 32, and I'm like, oh, crap. He can direct anywhere from scro- small screen television commercials to a big fancy Hollywood director. He started out directing TV commercials for Nike, Coca Cola, Budweiser, Heineken, Pepsi, Levi's, Converse, AT&T, and Chanel. And also did some music videos for Madonna, Staying the Rolling Stones, Michael, uh, George Michael, Michael Jackson, and Steve Winwood. You know what's interesting about yes, that is tell that me. now it goes the other way around. Yeah, it I know. Used to, you used to be able to make your career off commercials, and then you go do movies. Now all commercials want movie directors to come back and direct their commercials. Well, that's interesting because his yeah. films often end in a suicide or either an attempted <laughs> suicide that is successful or not. And his films often center around people with poor social skills and very <laughs> few friends. So, yeah, he went from being a Pepsi generation to <laughs> the narrator of Fight Club has no friends, or Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network, or Elizabeth Sander. We all know the girl with the dragon tattoo. And, of course, crazy Amy Dunn in Gone Girl. Now, that would be a wow. great ad for Budweiser. I could see it. <laughs> I woke up and she was gone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great list of movies, by it's the way. It's a fantastic list, I know. But here's something interesting. What movies... Did he turn down directing, and how could those movies have been different? What From movies didn't he direct? Mission Impossible 3. Oh, yeah? Mission Impossible 3. Ooh, would have ruined it. <laughs> Spider-Man, the 2002 Spider-Man. Oh, jeez, there's so many, I can't keep any of them straight. I know, right? Just Probably stop good. making Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Wait a minute. That's okay, George man, he Clooney's. Would've, he would have been good at that. He would have been great oh, wait, at wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. I'm it saying he didn't good. direct these. No, I know, but mm-hmm. what, I, the reason I'm confused yeah. is that that's George's pet little project he wrote and directed. It, it said right? he turned it down. So he was actually shot And that? this is IMDb stuff, so whoever wrote this is probably oh, in his camp. Catch me if you can. He opted to do Panic Room instead, which I loved Panic Room. Catch Me If You Can is one of my uh, comfort movies. Yeah, That's a great comfort movie. Panic Room, Case Do's best work. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, How about Batman Begins? Which one's that one? Is that Christian Bale? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. that would have been. the one where Christian Bale whispers. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would have made him speak up. That's the first Christopher Nolan one. One, right? It is. So, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that so he gave him his opportunity. He might have been to get good at there. that. Although I still would be leery about him getting into action. He's so heady, you know. He kind of. Which brings up a good point because he was asked to do eight, um, eight. What is it? Eight millimeter, the one about uh, snuff, film? the snuff film, the snuff Nicholas film, Cage, yeah. and instead he did Fight Club. Oh, thank God. Yeah, right? I don't know. Uh, that's a lateral Miller would have yeah. been better than it was, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's also wish a very wait, happy. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I say one yes, thing. sorry. Alien Three. Right, he directed that too. That was like the first movie that he came out uh, swinging with. Yeah, uh, and it was not very good. <laughs> and uh, I was but like, is that, "But is that a ballsy choice or what?" That movie to not have the alien. Uh, that was my biggest well, problem. Well, Jaws with it. didn't have that much Jaws because maybe the alien sunk to the bottom of the ocean. I don't know. No, the deal is uh-huh. Cameron spoiled us for Alien. He gave us so much Alien. By the time Alien 3 came around, we had a lot of Alien point-of-view cam shots. I was like, I need some Alien in this Alien movie. You want the Alien to look in the mirror? 
sure, whatever it takes. <laughs> Alien gives Sigourney Weaver a kiss in that movie. Not enough for me. That's a famous <laughs> shot. <laughs> Let's move on and wish a very happy birthday Slipping to Mr. Jack tongue. Black, who turns 47. But he can play anywhere from a slacker to a rocker to a panda. It always is amazing to me that he's just making so much money being a panda. They probably all actors probably make their most money off their animated character. The least amount of work, most amount of money. Absolutely. And I think it's because those movies will live forever. Yeah. Oh, they probably get in on the merchandising yeah. ever since, uh, you know, Jack yeah, Nicholson much, took Batman money. And how made much that merch deal. is he making off a of high fidelity? Exactly. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> if you took uh, the panda movies out of it, can you name his last five movies? I don't think he can. No. Goosebumps. Ah, there you go. Oh, wow. School of Rock. No, <laughs> a decade ago. <laughs> now here's something kind of fun for our WRFA listeners. He was engaged. Gulliver's for, Travels. Sorry. Go. <laughs> he was engaged for a number of years to Jamestown's very own Laura Keitlinger, oh. who's a consulting producer on Two Broke Girls She's currently. She's so tall. Laura Keitlinger. And well, I just I'm looking Jack at the Black's two of them. a little shorter. <laughs> a little, little round guy. She's a tall drink of water. Love She's, knows no height. Paul, we're gonna have to look into getting her For on the does. show. She has a ton Absolutely. of amazing credits. Yeah. All right, fun facts. Get that Jack Black while you're at it. <laughs> fun facts, Bart. I insist that my facts be fun. All right. In pre-production, Jack Black is making Jumanji. Oh yeah. That is fun. That That's is fun. fun. He also appeared as a dancer because he's. Quite the dancer on Weird Al's video Tacky. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. oh yes, I just saw that video the other day. Yeah. Yes, and, isn't, and isn't The Rock in the Jumanji reboot too? I think so. Always a good oh. way to reboot oh, or save a go. franchise with Bring The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And Paul, he also had his gallbladder removed. I, that's just for you. I appreciate it's on that. IMDb. Somebody felt we needed that information about Jack Black. <laughs> I insist that all of my actors have their gallbladder removed. <laughs> it's interesting because, Paul, you lost like 15 pounds when you got your gallbladder gallbladder out. Well, there's two schools of thought on that. You yes. shouldn't eat a lot of fat because you'll be overtaxing your liver. But then someone said, eat all the food you want. What's it going to do? Affect your gallbladder? He <laughs> <laughs> so, must have taken the latter right. advice. We're going to do a little quiz because you guys are talking about what movies he's been in. And he has been oh, in so many movies. It's Kind of crazy. So I'm going to list a movie, and you say yes or no, whether or not Jack Black has been in it. Be Kind, Rewind. Yes. 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 Tropic Thunder. Yes. 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 Madagascar. Yes. Yes. No. Oh. Oh. Oh, I threw that one in there to mess with you. The Best Man Holiday. Yes. No. no. He no. was in The Holiday. That was a little oh, trick. Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> High Fidelity, as you said. Shallow Hal. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Despicable Me 2. No. Yes. Yes. He's the bad guy, is he not? No, I just made that up no? too. Hey, the Cradle Will Rock. No. I want to rock. It was one of his first oh, movies cra- because yeah, yeah. he was um, I'm a member of the Actors Gang, and that's how I know Tim Robbins, and they became yeah. friends, and he was a little part in that. The Cable Guy. This surprised me. Yeah. Yes. He's in the Cable Guy. Of course he's uh, in the Table. He's uh, Ben Stiller's best friend. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. Smart, smart, smart. School of Rock 2. No. There's a school of rock too. No, no that would be just messing yeah. around too. Hey. But there should be. But there should be. He wants it. And Waterworld. Was he in Waterworld? Well, the way you said that, Water I'm guessing. World? Yes. Get this. They tried to make a TV show, and he was in the pilot of that, and it never went. Wow. What part did he play? I have no idea, but how could you make Waterworld the TV show? We've already had one terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's we double down. Episodes on it. Now we all know what if we about- brought you that horrible idea every week? Every Where week? was his career where he was just like, you know what? 
Let's do it. Let's do that. Oh my gosh, he's been in everything. When you look, it's just it's crazy. You're just like I can't even believe it. But uh, he does, as we know, he's a member of Tenacious D. That's one of the places where he really got to show his singing chops. And what I loved is this one quote he had on IMDb. He says, "There's nothing you can really do to prepare to rock. Do you prepare to eat a delicious meal? Are you hungry? Well, then you're just gonna eat it, and you're just gonna rock." And that brings us to an interesting point, Bart. You know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true, Ron. Ryan, Ron's already experienced this because he's been on the show before. Oh, Ryan, this is going to be new for you. Now that you've been on the show, people are going to come up to you all the time. All on the time. Wait. And they're going to say, hey, tell me two fascinating things about that Karen Volpe. And the first thing I'm going to say is you yeah. noticed that Janet did not answer the question when asked, who is your favorite son? And the reason she didn't answer that question is because Karen is her favorite son. <laughs> That's true. This is true information. And then the second thing you're going to tell people is that Karen loves when celebrities sing. I do. And so I looked at Tenacious D's set list and found one of the only songs I have that would be friendly for terrestrial <laughs> radio. And so we're going to listen to a little of the metal from The Pick of Destiny with Jack Black and, of course, Kyle Gass. Everything's so serious when Jack Black so sings it. It's so great. Do you remember the Mr. Show sketch, Joke the Musical? I'm pretty sure Jack Black had a song in that. Do you, you remember Joke the Musical? About yeah, the farmer yeah. that... Uh, Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he was. He was the farmer. Yeah, he was. He, I might have it. Here. I remember that. He's done a bazillion musical things as well. The man never sleeps. He works all the time. And that wraps another movie showcast, Yay. everybody. Together we are the movie guys. Individually we are. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, <laughs> Facebook.com slash the movie guys, iTunes, Instagram, Google. Does it cost Plus. money to follow you guys on that? It does not, Ron Batcock. Comedy's Ron Batcock. Are you following them? Yes. That's a really good deal. <laughs> Uh, give it a go yourself, everybody. No charge. And thank you once again to all our listeners on WRFA 107.9 in Jamestown, New York. Please come back every Monday at 8 p.m. Thanks to Ron Babcock and Ryan McKee. Yeah, go Jamestown. Suck it, Schenectady. <laughs> give us the uh, social social whereabouts to find you guys. You can find me at, at the Ryan McKee on Twitter, uh, the Ryan McKee on Facebook. I'm at Ron Babcock on Twitter, and heyron.com has all my uh, other stuffs. Is there a modest proposal? Uh, Currently, socialize. the modest proposal uh, is down, but we do have a modest proposal. Because uh, we stopped paying the dues. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to get that back up. We're going to get back so up. So you guys just keep Googling it. I did. The Tumblr page came up. So that's yeah, out there. That's a thing. Uh, and let's uh, thank Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Next week, Tom Hanks looks to be in fine form in Clint Yay. Eastwood's film about the miracle on the Hudson. We'll talk about Sully and more. See you then. Thanks to Janet and Fred. Yay! Yay! Movie guys. Alan Hale Jr. Wow!